0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look at this unusual scripture in Ezekiel 43 and verse 12. This is the law of the temple, the law of the house. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Then he says it again, behold, this is the law of the temple. It's so important that you understand this law that I'm about to give you. I'm going to say it's a law. If you want me there, then you got to follow this pattern. He says it twice. Verse 13, these are the measurements of the altar in cubits. The cubit, everybody say cubit. Is one cubit, watch this, and a handbreadth. And then he goes through 40 different measurement things that were to be measured by the Cubit measure it by the cubit and he gives specific directions and I know this is going to seem like it has nothing to do with your life But I promise it does it but you got to let me lay a little foundation for just a few moments The common measurement of Bible days Was something called the cubit they didn't have measuring tapes. They didn't have rulers they didn't have building instruments like we have today that engineers would use All they had in early Bible days was a measurement called the cubit. Now, the cubit, according to Scripture, was first given as a measurement by God to Noah when he told him to build the ark and he told him how many cubits to measure it by. The cubit was a measurement used in building. Deuteronomy chapter 9, or Deuteronomy, I should say, said that there was a, nine, a, a giant who was nine cubits high. So what was a cubit? This is very important. Since they didn't have tape measurements and they didn't have rulers, the cubit of a man, the cubit of a man was simply this. I want, I want you to look for just a moment. The way they measured a cubit was it was six handbreadths of a man, six hand breadths of a man. So here's how they would do it. Uh, Every man here, stick your arm out right now, would you do that? Come on, this is class participation, you gotta do this. And I want you to measure from your elbow with the four fingers, do not use your thumb, just the four fingers from your elbow where your arm breaks and where your small finger is you start the next hand breath. This is one hand breath. This is two hand breaths. This is three hand breaths. This is four hand breaths. This is five hand breaths. And this is six hand breaths. You have approximately six hand breaths, pretty much, unless your arm is weird. Which is very possible in this congregation. But in general, in general... In general, every person. And I think, you know, we, we think they didn't have measurement tools back then. So he said, he said when you build something, one cubit is six handbreadths of a man, which is basically from the tip of your middle finger all the way to where your arm breaks. Six handbreadths was a cubit. The word cubit in Hebrew is amah, which is A-M-M-A-X. A-H. A-M-M-A-H. And it literally means, listen to this, the mother of the forearm. The mother of the forearm. And here's the Hebrew uh, thought that rabbis teach about your arm. This is considered, from your elbow to the tip of your middle finger, is considered the mother of the forearm because everything the mind can think, this is the area that gives birth, that creates that with man's hands, he creates whatever we can think. So I would just want to add, if this is the mother of the arm, this is the father of the arm. Um, now that's not in the Bible, but I'm going to give you that. But, and even if you, if you have a softball, or in my case, a mosquito bite, it's still the power. Get, get, the, get the theme of what I'm saying. The power of your arm is up here. How many of you would agree with that? But the creativity of everything that is created in this earth happens from the elbow to the middle finger. Six handbreadths of a man equals one one cubit. That giant was nine cubits tall so high in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy. So you would stack that up nine times and that's how big that giant would have been. And that's how they measured everything in Bible days was by the cubit, which is six handbreadths, six handbreadths of a man. The mother of the arm. The, the upper arm is the strength, the power of the arm. But the creative part of the arm is this forearm and these hands. With six handbreadths of a man, they built beautiful homes, the Bible said. They built magnificent temples they thought it and man's is so talented and so gifted that he can build and create with his hands. He built towers and shields and swords and clothes and skilled uh, beautiful things that, that, that are amazing. The mother of the arm, the cubit part of a man, builds and creates and carves. The cubit of a man is the creative part of a man. It's it's the power part of our arm that, that, that lifts, but this is the part that makes amazing things when you think about it. Now listen to this. It took 1,500 years from the time of Jesus to Leonardo da Vinci for knowledge to double. 1,500 years. Then knowledge doubled in 250 years. Then knowledge doubled in just 50 years. In 1960, knowledge doubled every 10 years. In the 1980s, knowledge doubled every 2 years. In the years of 2000, knowledge doubled every 6 months. And the latest statistics now is they believe that knowledge, because of computers and because of things that men have created with The mother of the arm from the elbow to the tip of their finger. The mind dreamed it and men have created it. And you can Google what I'm telling you. They say that in the near future, every 12 weeks, knowledge. Even the iPhone that you have in your back pocket will be obsolete in six months. Because they'll have new and better and quicker technology. The giftedness of man. It's all a tribute. The whole world that we live in, every building, the gorgeous cities and bridges and architectural genius and musical genius and creativity of movies and Hollywood, everything is a tribute to the cubit of a man, of what man can do. It's astounding, really. The intellectual ability of man, the ability to reason, the ability to create. Man, think about it can unravel the mysteries of DNA. Man has split the atom. Man has gone into space. Somebody dreamed it, but it took this part of the arm to actually make the satellites and the rockets and the spaceships. It's it's astounding, really. Man can operate on a heart or something as complex as the brain. Cure diseases. Right? Songs and create musical instruments, man does all of this from a dust frame body and a dust frame mind and a dust frame heart. He does it out of the cubit of a man. cubits represent the cubit of a man 's hand represents what he can create the skillfulness of his hand he calls. He, he creates airplanes and space shuttles and cell phones and computers. All kinds of things. Think about it. Robotic surgery. GPS satellites. Siri. My God, you can ask her anything and she can tell you. But somebody created that with their hand that you can talk into your phone and it'll talk back to you and tell you what you ask that you don't even know. Who did did that? All of this has been done by six cubits of a man. It's all been given birth to by the genius of mankind. Somebody got an idea and then the cubits of a man's hand went to work and created it. Everything here has the fingerprints of man on it. The microphone I'm holding, the pulpit, the building, the chair you're sitting on, the clothes you're wearing, the glasses, your watch. Everything has the fingerprints of man. Man created it. Why? Because man is gifted. Because man is made in the image of God. We're not a biological accident. God creates and He's given us that ability. But notice what he said. Man is gifted. We've come so far from the Garden of Eden to where we are today. But sometimes that giftedness, that genius of man, can rob us of our need for God. We can try to do everything on our own and act as though, and this is what has happened to our society, as though we don't need God anymore. We're so smart, we're so capable. We have so much genius that we don't need God. But John 15 and 5 is my other scripture. I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus said. And without me, you can do nothing. Oh, wait a minute, you just took the first 10 minutes of your message telling us all that man can do without any help from God. He's built all of this. Oh, but I didn't say you can't do anything. But he's saying you cannot do anything that is, that is eternal. You cannot do anything that is, that is spiritually good, eternally good, morally good without me in your life. Without me, you can do nothing. You see, there are spiritual things that cannot be built by your own ingenuity and talent and giftedness alone. Six represents man. Six is the number of man. God said work six days, but on the seventh day you rest because that's my day. Seven is God's number, six is man's number. Six represents human effort, human ingenuity, human strength, human genius. And he said to Ezekiel in the text that I read, I want you to build me a temple. It's going to be my house. But this is the law of the house. I know every other building that's been built on planet earth up to this point has measured one cubit. As being six handbreadths of a man, but notice his instruction, and he said it twice: "This is the law of my house. You can build all kinds of things. You can put people on the moon, you can build satellite systems, but you can't build me a house unless you build it one cubit, and then add one extra hand, one hand breadth, six cubits of a hand breath of a man. And add one more hand breadth, which is the seventh hand, which represents, he says, I know you build everything else with your own genius. But there are some things that you cannot build that are connected to the temple or another word for temple is house. You can't build a successful home with your ability only. You can't build a successful life and career with your ability only. I'm talking about that has eternal good, that has spiritual good. You can't build a happy marriage with just six of six hand of man trying to build a marriage. It takes the seventh hand of God. And he said, you can't even build me a church. You, you can do everything you're doing, but after you've done everything you can do, if the seventh hand, which is God's hand, doesn't get on it, it's not going to prosper. takes the seventh hand it's not by might it's not by power it's by my spirit and some of you are brilliant and some of you are talented and some of you are gifted and all you can do is what you can do and you're a little frustrated and what you don't understand is jesus is saying to you without me you can do nothing you got big dreams they're amazing and you can take it so far but it's going to take the seventh hand connected to your hand i'll put my hand on your hand i'll put my hand on your life and you go as far as you can go and you can't get it done but when i put my seventh hand on it it's the law of my house you can't do it without me so when you get up and you've got a big dream you better get up and you better do everything you can do use all six hand to get to the dream but after you've done all that you can do and you've run to the tip of your middle finger It's going to take the seventh hand. It's the hand of God coming and blessing and making the miracle happen. Come on and take a praise break. I'm going to keep preaching, but just just welcome the hand of God on your home, on your family, on your marriage. That's why people can't hold their family together. God's not there. They're trying to do it out of intellect. They're trying to do it out of emotion. They're trying to do it out of physical. And it's not just a physical, emotional, relational thing. You need God. The law of the house is if you want me, God says. There are the measurements of the altar, which are six cubits, or or, or one cubit, which is six hand breaths of a man, plus one hand. One hand breadth. Which equals seven. Six cubits plus one more. The seventh hand. I'll put my hand with your effort. My hand with your hand. You can do a lot of things. But you can't do. You can't raise those children. Successfully to live for God. For all eternity. And make it to heaven without the seventh hand on your family. You you may have a doctorate, you may be an attorney, you may be worth millions of dollars, but guess what? None of that's going to hold your marriage together. None of it. You know what's going to happen? It's going to take the seventh hand. Some of you've got addictions and bondages in your life and you're doing everything you know to do to get it together and you've gone to counseling and you're getting help and that's good and I commend you and you got to do what you can do but when you get to the end of what you can do and your six cubits have run out, here comes the seventh hand. Turn to somebody and say it's going to take the seventh hand. You can build everything else with six. Isn't that something? You can build a huge corporation with a skyscraper as your headquarters, but you can't hold your marriage together. Can't hold your family together. Because it takes God. I feel like shouting. I'm trying to calm down because somebody might have brought a visitor. Without me, you can do nothing. Boy, when you get up and I see all these young people here tonight and teenagers and young, you got dreams and ambitions. You know, your biggest job is to stay connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. If you'll stay connected to him and you do all you can do, the seventh hand will open doors. The seventh hand will put favor on you. The seventh hand will bring your name up in the right circles. The seventh hand will prosper your life. Come on and take take a moment and praise God for his faithfulness. There's a hand, a seventh hand, on your life. Woo! It's the truth. It's the truth. There, there is a need in the 21st century for an extra hand. How do you how do you build your dreams? How do you the law of my house? And I, I want to talk about his church for a minute. The law of his house. Is after you've done all the training, you may be an awesome singer. You may, you may be able to sing like a bird. You may be able to dance. You may have swag. You may look cool. You may, you may have it all. But you know what? All that is is talent and giftedness. You know what touches people? Is when the seventh hand comes on you. And there's a difference. We we had uh, we had Bethel uh, at our uh, youth conference in, it, in at the Gwinnett Arena a few weeks ago in Atlanta, and um, there was this little girl that came out. I don't even know her name. She was she's their, one of their lead singers, and she just came out. She she looked like she just kind of. I don't know how to describe it. She was just kind of just laid back, and she didn't have any of the stuff. But when she grabbed that microphone, I watched teenagers begin to weep. I watched people all around me break in the presence of God. What was that? It was the seventh hand. You know, I've been preaching a long time, and I preach in a lot of places, and I preach all over the world, but I don't ever want to walk to a pulpit like this and actually think that my outline is enough, or my personality is enough, or my jokes are enough, or my talent is enough, whatever it is. It's not enough. It takes the seventh hand. The seventh hand can get in my words, and get in our message, and get in our spirit, and suddenly it's the living word, and suddenly lives are changed, and suddenly people are yearning for God in their life. That is what free chapel needs. We must have the seventh hand. Somebody give God a praise and welcome the Holy Spirit to this church tonight. Hallelujah. You can sing, you can play, you can be super talented, but if you want to preach, if you want to build a family that That last, if you want to stay married for 29 years. The girl on the front row and I have been married 29 years. And there were times when it was only the seventh hand that worked us through. I'm not in this thing alone, raising my children. I'm not in this thing alone fighting for my family. If I will do what I can do, the seventh hand will come and fight my battle and win. The cubit of a man plus a hand is the law of the house. Let me, let me quickly hurry, but listen. There's a story in the Old Testament of Elijah. And Israel had gone without rain for three and a half years. They're desperate. The Bible said there wasn't even any dew in the morning. The land was parched, dry, barren, and fruitless. And the prophet Elijah gets on top of a mountain and bends over, the Bible said, put his head between his knees like in the birthing position and he begins to pray for rain. And he turns to his servant And he says, run out to the cliff of the mountain, look out over the sea, and tell me if you see a storm coming. The Bible said that the boy ran, and he looked out, and he came back, and the prophet looked up from his prayer place, and he said, what did you see? And He said, I saw nothing. Listen, the prophet said, go again. Notice that it's seven times harder to open heaven than it is to close heaven. If you ever get heaven open over your life... You better better keep it open because it's seven times. He had to go back again. The Bible said that he prayed and and said, go look again. And he went a second time. Nothing. He went a third time. Nothing. What did you see? Nothing. A fifth time. A sixth time. The Bible said he looked six times and came back. And the prophet said, what did you see? And he said, nothing. Everybody say six. six. But on the seventh time, the prophet said, go look one more time. We've done what we can do. Six cubits of a man's hand. Six hand handbreadths of a man's hand. But let's add. Let's see if we do what we can do. If God will do what only he can do. And he ran back one more time. And he looked out. And this is the strangest thing. Your Bible said. He came back and the prophet said. What did you see? He said. I saw a cloud. The size. And the form. Of a man's hand. Hallelujah. It's the seventh hand coming to our rescue. Only God can make it rain. You can do everything you can do to hold your family and marriage and dreams together. But only God can make you fruitful and blessed. And the touch of God, it takes the seventh hand. You know, Ephesians calls the body of Christ's leadership the fivefold ministry. He saw the, 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 the cloud the size of a man's hand. The thumb represents the apostle because he touches all the ministries. An apostle, someone who has an apostolic ministry, touches all the other four ministries. Then he said he's called some to be apostles. They, they start things, they build things, they, they are connected to evangelists. Because our, our, our prophets, this finger represents the prophet. There's, there's apostles, there's prophet. And the prophet points the way. When someone has a prophetic call, they give, you, they give you direction. And where the finger of God points, the hand of God provides. But then there is the apostles, there's the evangelist, and the middle finger, or I should say the prophet, and the middle finger is the evangelist. Because they, they, a real evangelist will end up preaching, telling you you're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. They can't help it. And notice the evangelist reaches further than any of the others because he's called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he can't be satisfied just to stay in one place. He's got to go further. And then there's the... He said he's called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors. And the reason that this is the pastor is because he's married to the church. And even when Ben is not here, and even when Javon is not here, and even when the rest of our team is not here, and even when I'm not here, and even our hearts are here. I can never shake you off. I can never forget about O.C. I can never do that. It never happens to me. I'm married to you. Whether you like me or not, I'm married to you. Apostles, prophets evangelist do y'all need me to illustrate that to you <laughs> act like you like the sermon pastors and then he called one up teachers why, why the pinky S- small enough to get in your ear He sees the cloud the size of a man's hand. I'm here to prophesy to your life that the seventh hand is coming to your rescue. That when you've done all that you can do, I think about the poor Antichrist. You know what the Antichrist number is? Six, six, six. Poor thing, he wants to be God and he tries so hard and he gets up to six. Six. And he goes back down. I got to try again. And he gets up and he tries to take over the, I want to be God. And he hits six again. And I want to be God. All he can do is what? The measurement of a man. Six, six, six. You can't do it without God, Antichrist. You'll never get to seven. with. You'll never get out of sixes till you get God. And one day he's going to bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. I'm done. Here's what I heard the Lord say in closing. He said it's the law of one translation that that some say temple, some say house. He said this is the law of my house. And the Lord spoke these words to me and told me to tell you God wants to put his hand on your house. And if you are in a place in your life where you are confused and you don't know what's next and you don't know how to get there, I'm giving you the formula tonight. I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But if you will seek me, you will find me. I'll send the seventh hand that will make things happen that cannot happen without my divine grace and help on your life. It's going to take the seventh hand to raise that family and see them in heaven. It's going to take the seventh hand to see God's plan and purpose and call for your life fulfilled. It's going to take the tender touch of God upon your life. That 's why Jabez prayed, oh that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, give me big give me a big life, but then he prayed this, let your hand be upon me and keep me from evil I don't ever want to lose the tender touch of God i don't ever I don't ever want to lose the hand of God, the seventh hand. And so when people see you, they say, now look, I know the guy is talented or whatever, but he's not that good. There's this inexplainable formula that you can't give them on paper as to why God has blessed you. All I can tell you is it's been the seventh hand. And he wants to place that hand on your life. He wants to touch you in such a way tonight that you leave here connected to the vine. Vital in a relationship with Jesus Christ that says, every morning that you get up, if I acknowledge you in all of my ways, you will direct my path. The seventh, I'm not in charge of my life. My life is not about me. The seventh hand is on my life. I'm gonna give God all my time. It takes the six cubits of a man. It takes all the people. It takes the ushers and the parking team and the singers and everybody Do it. it. takes all of you folks. But here's the bottom line. If that's all we've got is what we do, we don't have anything. It takes the seventh hand too. It takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I feel His touch here tonight. Would you lift your hands high all over this room? Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room tonight to heal the sick. We will do what we can do, but only you can do what you can do. When we've gone to the extreme of what we can produce, the seventh hand can heal cancer. The seventh hand can remove unforgiveness and bitterness. The seventh hand can touch a cold, hard heart. The seventh hand can get me through any loss, any, any tragedy, any hurt, any pain, any trial. The seventh hand is coming to your rescue. Stand to your feet all over this room and let's just worship God for a moment. Let's just worship God for a moment. Let's just worship God for a moment. Just lift your voice all over this room. Just worship God for a moment. Don't worry about what people think. Think of John fifteen five. Without Him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I can do nothing. I desperately need the seventh hand. I'll give you all of God. I'll do everything I can do, but Lord, I need the seventh hand on my business. I need the seventh hand on my dreams. I need the seventh hand on my relationships. I need the seventh hand guiding my feet into the perfect, perfect, perfect will of God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.